0: From the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, June 21st. Coming up today...
1: A hopeful sound. Noises are detected in the search for the undersea vessel near the Titanic.
0: New tensions emerge with China after President Biden refers to Xi Jinping as a dictator.
1: Fed Chair Jay Powell delivers his first day
2: of congressional testimony this morning.
0: And FedEx does not deliver for investors with its latest earnings.
2: President Biden prepares for his state visit with India's prime minister. Plus, New York State is back employers' use of non-compete agreements. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead.
3: I'm John Stash, Darren Sports. Garrett Cole pitched the Yankees to a much-needed win over Seattle. The Mets
2: and Justin Verlander lost in Houston. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts.
1: Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager.
0: And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today.
1: We want to update you first on the missing submersible near the wreckage of the Titanic and what may be a hopeful sign. The Coast Guard says underwater sounds have been detected. Now search teams are being redirected to find out where those sounds came from. Coast Guard Rear Admiral John Mauger says they're using planes, remotely operated vehicles, and underwater robots to find the five people on board the Titan. It's a really complex case. Uh, there you know, active uh, uh, debris field down uh, on the bottom of the ocean uh, and a lot of complexity working at that tap. Rear Admiral John Mauger tells ABC News it's a race against time. The Titan is designed to carry up to 96 hours of oxygen. At this rate, the ship may have less than 24 hours of air left.
0: Well, another major story that we're following this morning, Nathan, involves the fallout from the plea deal for Hunter Biden. The deal may help avoid a messy public trial and keep President Biden's son out of jail. But the agreement also provides fodder for the president's political opponents. Bloomberg's Amy Morris reports from our 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Hunter
1: Biden's legal troubles haven't stopped the president from supporting him. I'm very proud of my son. Republicans are outraged with the deal, vowing to continue their probes into the Biden family. Congressman James Comer is chair of the House Oversight Committee.
4: This has absolutely nothing to do with our investigation of, of Joe Biden, and we're going to continue to move forward with that.
1: The Congressman Jamie Raskin, the top Democrat on that committee, says if there is a double standard, it's with the Trump family, not Biden. They should check out what happened with Jared Kushner. He registered to free a new corporation which promptly received $2 billion from the Saudi government. A judge still has to approve the plea deal, even as the lead prosecutor says the investigation is ongoing. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, Amy. While the rhetoric heats up between the parties over Hunter Biden, tensions between the U.S. and China may be rising again. China says President Biden made a, quote, public political provocation by referring to his counterpart Xi Jinping as a dictator. Biden told a California fundraiser that the Chinese leader had been embarrassed by an alleged spy balloon because he didn't know it was there. The president says, quote, that's the great embarrassment for dictators when they didn't know what happened.
0: Well, turning to the markets now, Nathan, all eyes today and tomorrow are focused on Washington. That's where Fed Chairman Jake Powell gives his semi-annual report to Congress. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Michael McKee.
4: In the House today, the Fed chairman will have the opportunity to clarify what some feel was a confusing message on the path for interest rates. What would lead central bankers to raise rates again, something their own forecasts suggest will happen? Does inflation have to rise? Does unemployment? Or does it just have to remain flat? What is the ultimate end rate and how soon after that might they begin the rate cuts they foresee for 2024? There will also be questions about the impact of March's bank failures and on possible regulatory changes for the industry. Tomorrow, Powell comes back to testify before the Senate.
1: Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Mike, as investors await possible clues on the future of rates, Brown Brothers Harriman, head of currency strategy Win Thin, thinks the Fed is far from done.
4: When all its dust uh, settles, um, I think the Fed is going to go higher for longer. The market still doesn't quite believe the Fed. Uh, they've got one hike priced in, but the Fed has signaled over two. And I sense that some, there are a lot of analysts, analysts that don't think the Fed uh, will hike again. That is, this isn't just a pause. This is the end. I, I wholeheartedly
1: disagree. Brown Brothers Harriman's win then expects a stronger dollar the rest of the year.
0: Well, rates are also in focus in Europe this morning, Nathan, after a hot inflation reading over in the U.K. And we get the latest with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts in London. Good morning, Ewan.
4: Good morning, Karen and Nathan. It's hot in London again today. But while the weather is nice, a fourth inflation reading higher than estimates is not so welcome. Consumer prices rose 8.7% in the year to May, defying forecasts for a slowdown in price gains. Core inflation unexpectedly rose on last month. It's now at a 31-year high. It's all a headache for the Bank of England as they weigh their next move in tomorrow's policy meeting. Traders are ramping up bets the bank will need to administer stronger medicine in their fight against rampant inflation.
1: In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thank you. Back here in the U.S., we're watching shares of FedEx in early trading. They're down about 3% after the company gave a 2024 profit outlook that came in below analyst estimates. And we get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. A drop in package demand offsets CEO Raj Subramanian's
5: $4 billion cost-cutting plan. The company has sought to reduce expenses as the industry deals with a decline in package volume following two years of surging demand fueled by pandemic-driven online shopping. In a separate statement, FedEx said CFO Michael Lenz will retire effective July 31st. In New York, Charlie Pellett, Bloomberg Daybreak.
0: All right, Charlie, thanks. And Morgan Chase is making a fresh round of layoffs in Asia. Bloomberg News has learned the bank is cutting about 20 investment banking jobs as deal flows remain muted. Sources say the reductions impact mostly junior staff and associates and analyst levels in sectors, including consumer health care and private capital markets.
1: Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world. And for that, we are joined by Bloomberg's Michael
2: Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New York is joining other states on banning employee non compete agreements. The bill coincides with Federal Trade Commission and National Labor Relations Board actions to fight non competes. The measure now heads to Governor Kathy Oakle's desk after the State Assembly passed it yesterday. Employers' use of non-compete contracts, which restrict workers from going to work for a competitor, cover an estimated one-fifth of the U.S. workforce. The FDNY confirmed what many suspected. A lithium-ion battery was the cause of Tuesday's fire that killed four people in Manhattan. The blaze started in an e-bike shop on the Lower East Side. The shop is downstairs from their apartments in the six-story building. New York City Fire Commissioner Laura Kavanaugh.
0: This exact scenario where there is an e-bike store on the first floor and residences above and the volume of fire created by these lithium-ion batteries is incredibly deadly.
2: The FDNY says the shop was inspected in August of last year and summonses were issued. A former NYPD officer is among a group of people convicted of working for China. More from Bloomberg's Dan Schwartzman. Three people, including a retired New York City police sergeant, have been convicted of acting as agents
1: of the People's Republic of China. Prosecutors showed that the three carried out illegal law enforcement operations in the U.S., including trying to pressure dissidents to return to China. The three were in a group of eight originally charged back in October of 2020 of participating in Operation Fox Hunt, which a Chinese government says was a legitimate operation to track down
2: fugitives. In New York, I'm Dan Schwartzman, Bloomberg Daybreak. President Joe Biden is hosting Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi for a state visit this week. Biden hopes to improve his relationship with the leader of a nation of 1.4 billion that the U.S. administration sees as a pivotal force in Asia for decades to come. Dozens of congressional members are urging President Biden to talk to Modi about human rights concerns. Today, Modi is highlighting inner tranquility. His public schedule for the day opens with a group yoga session on the United Nations North Lawn. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports
3: Update, and for that, here's John Stash All right, Nathan, Yankees back home after the rough weekend in Boston, and thankfully Garrett Cole was on the mound. Dominant in seven and a third innings, allowed one run, only four hits, struck out eight. Clay Holmes got the last five outs, a much-needed Yankee win, 3-1 over Seattle. They beat the Mariners' George Kirby, the Ryan native who had shut them out in a recent game in Seattle, Billy McKinney. Hit a two-run homer off Kirby in the second inning. Before the game, Yankee GM Brian Cashman met the media to discuss the Yanks' recent struggles. Got a really good team when we're flying high and playing the way we're capable of. Right now, we haven't been doing that. And so it looks bad, it feels bad, it tastes bad, um, and no one likes losing. So so I understand why the fans are upset and, and not happy with how it's playing out. Cashman said he still has belief in rookie shortstop Anthony Volpe, who's among many Yankees who have been struggling. Mets in Houston, Justin Verlander faced his former team, and Alex Bregman hit a two-run homer off him. The Astros won 4-2. to The Mets had only four hits. Didn't have a base runner off Framber Valdez until the sixth inning. They didn't score until the eighth. Freeway Series Dodgers shut out the Angels 2-0 behind Clayton Kershaw. The Cincinnati Reds last season lost 100 games. They just won their 10th game in a row. And the Giants, a 500 team last year, won their ninth straight. The ex-Met Marcus Stroman has the lowest ERA in the National League. He pitched the Cubs to a shutout win over Pittsburgh. And the ex-Yankee Aaron Hicks, who's still getting paid by the Yanks, they released him with a 188 batting average. He had a homer, four RBIs in Baltimore's win at Tampa Bay. Hicks with the Orioles is batting 340. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports.
4: Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's stife com.
1: Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
6: The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor q Join heads of state influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com.
2: From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan
1: Hager. Well, a flurry of legal news came out of Washington yesterday morning. First, we learned the trial date for former President Donald Trump in the classified documents case. A federal judge set that for mid August. It was also announced that the current president's son, Hunter Biden, is facing tax and gun charges and reached a plea deal in that case. Bloomberg's Joe Matthew spoke with former White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney on Bloomberg Sound On to break down the political fallout for the current and former president. Residents. Let's hear part of that conversation.
4: Anything short of a, a felony indictment of Hunter Biden was going to be interpreted by some folks uh, as two-tier. I think it remains to be seen as to to what's in, what in what what are the facts? What what was the circumstance behind Hunter Biden's tax issues? Um, now that the um, uh, Chairman Comer has made a really good point, which is now that we are either you know at the end or moving speedily to the end of the investigation of Hunter Biden then the Department of Justice no longer has an excuse not to share information with Congress. So as between both the public hearing on the plea deal and the congressional investigation, my guess is we'll see a lot more about Hunter Biden than we know right now. And only then will you be able to sort of have an an informed opinion as to two different tiers of justice in this
5: country. Mm Does this quiet the voices of concern who thought Hunter Biden was never going to be acknowledged here in Washington, that this would never actually become a case?
4: Yeah, a, a little bit. In fact, I had I had some conversations uh, with some of my friends, uh, my Republican friends who were complaining about, well, they're charging Trump, but mm-hmm. they're not charging Hunter. And then, you know, say, well, OK, if they charge Hunter, you've been OK with them charging Trump. They get very quiet very quickly. So, again, <laughs> um, whether or not it's a serious charge, I guess we don't know yet until we see the facts in the file.
5: Mick, the idea of an August 14 trial date all the, all the while, and that might, frankly, be a bigger story that's been kind of overshadowed by the Hunter headline. Do you think a trial actually begins in August
4: I know you're not supposed to make you know absolute predictions when you're dealing with politics, and there's a lot of politics <laughs> here. here. But I'd be willing to bet my house there's no trial on August 14. Um, keep in mind the right to a speedy trial, which does exist under our Constitution, is possessed by the accused, not by the government. Um, So, you know, if Donald Trump wants to slow things down, there's going to be plenty of opportunities to do so. You made a good point about how hard it's going to be to pick a jury. I I disagree with your um, reporter uh, respectfully. I, I think it's going to be very, very difficult to pick a jury here because everybody's going to have an opinion about it. And Donald Trump is going to be looking for one juror who's willing to say, you know, I don't care what he did, I'm not convicting him, because he only has to get one person to hold out. And the government knows that, so that's going to take a long time. The government may try to recuse the judge. That may take a long time. There's going to be fights mm-hmm. over evidence. That may take a long time. So if I'm a betting man, and I am, I'm, um, I'm not betting this.
5: <laughs> and I am, says Mick Mulvaney. That said, does the trial begin before the presidential election, or is that really what we're talking about here? Anything to delay it past the election?
4: I talked to a lot of my friends who were in the federal prosecuting business, a lot of folks who used to do white-collar criminal defense. To a man and a woman, they all thought this trial would take place after the election. I think we're all surprised by this announcement, at least, of this early date, and whether or not that changes the calculus. You know, I'd have to talk to folks who've done this for 20, 30 years. I'm not sure how Donald Trump delays it for a year and, you know, four months or whatever. But I still think it's a better chance than not that it comes after the election. But, again, this is throwing me a curveball along with everybody else saying it's August 14th day.
5: I don't know if you saw it, Donald Trump and Brett Baer on Fox News. There were some pretty remarkable moments, and it's been suggested that some of this could be entered as evidence in the trial, particularly as he discusses moving the boxes around and what was in the boxes. Here's a moment that you might have missed. Why not just hand them over them?
4: Because I had a boxes. I want to go through the boxes and get all my personal things out. I don't want to hand that over to Nari yet. And I was very busy, as you've sort of seen. Yeah. But I've according
5: very, to the indictment, busy. you then tell this aide to move to other locations after telling your lawyers to say you'd fully complied with the subpoena when you hadn't. But before I send boxes over, I have to take all of my things out. Did the former president do damage to himself? (laughs)
4: Yes. Uh, I was watching. I was actually texting a little bit with Brett Baer. You know, the interview wasn't live. All I could think of is now the public sort of gets a chance to see why so many of Donald Trump lawyers quit, because he made things much, much worse for himself. There's one thing that was, it wasn't it was in the segment you just picked up, but it was right about the same time where he said, Brett asked him about the papers that he held up on the audio tape. And Trump mm-hmm. said there was nothing there. There was nothing there. It was just it was newspaper clippings and stuff. I, I was pretending like it was famous or classified, but it's not in order to make that defense, he has to testify. Um, and I can guarantee you that Donald Trump is not testifying in this case. Huh. Um, so that, that is going to be used against him. Uh, most of, a lot of that video will be used against him.
1: This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond.